Okay. Hey, welcome back to Glass Onion Minute, the, the podcast where we talk about every minute of Glass Onion. Don't you know? Shock. I'm your host, <laughs> Nay Renly. My ghost, my ghost, my guest Ooh. is. <laughs> Shush, ghost. But my guest is Drew Stewart. Hi. Hi. Did the ghost leave? The ghost is gone. I've, okay. I've got my proton pack. I busted. Right. I think I got my. My nerves are settle, uh, settling down, steadying down. Okay, here we go. This is minute number 30. That means it starts at zero hours, 29 minutes, and it finishes at zero hours, 29 minutes, and 59 seconds. This scene begins with Lionel and Claire looking annoyed at Duke because he has his gun by the pool and in the pool. And it ends with a push and shot on Bertie as she reminisces about when she had more status than Miles and cuts off mid-sentence when she's saying, I was the one in magazines. He was nobody. Couldn't believe he dot, dot, dot. Sounds good. Right. Uh, what, what else happens in this minute? Well, we have to talk about the gun. Sure. Because, you know, it's still the first act. We've got a gun. So we, we, we're, we're, we've got Chekhov's gun and it's yeah. in the pool. And uh, we, get, pool. we get another. Uh, this five minutes has has two uncomfortable. You don't know where to look things. Uh, you know, the first was Kate Hudson's uh, revealing swimsuit, mm-hmm. and this one is uh, Dave Batista's revealing swimsuit. God. Really, Duke? Oh my God! Really, asshole! Now it's a party. I, I I appreciate that Blanc is just kind of staring off into the distance, like, uh, you've got a gun, uh, I see," and he's like not looking at it because you can't really look at it. Without looking at it, you know. I looked at it. <laughs> you did. Oh no. Yeah, I'm. I'm still here. I was staring off into the distance in the theater, like uh, uh looking off at the edge, like I can like, see, like Blanc is. Yeah, <laughs> sipping your your beverage. Yes. So yeah, Chekhov's gun famously be introduced in the first act and then go off like four seconds later, right? Right. That's exactly what it is. That that is the rule of thumb. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It is fired immediately, so obviously it won't be used again later. No, no. It's probably a, a red herring. Yes. And I like that <laughs> I like that everybody seems to tolerate each other. Like, you know, a couple episodes ago we had we had uh, uh Claire and and Bertie, you know, kind of being fun with each other. And but nobody really likes Duke. Is is the impression I'm getting, or at least his obsession with guns. Not even his own girlfriend seems that fond of him. Right. And is it is it because it's like a facade? Is he like playing into this whole gun thing? And he's so used to like perform you know, performatively being into guns for YouTube that he's like his friends are like, no, please, not here. You don't have to play that character here, like gun nut. Because they knew him before right. he became this person, so it probably seems pretty phony to them. It's not like, I don't get the sense that he's actually been in a gunfight. He's like, always carries it because you never know when when uh, what's what's going to go down, you know? Right. But I, I yeah, I think it's probably a, a power move. Um, he's got it pointed right at his crotch, which is not the safest thing. No. And in the pool, which I'm pretty sure is not good for guns. So, yeah, so in in this minute, we'll <laughs> we'll talk about is Duke an idiot? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Here are the signs. <laughs> yeah, he shoots the gun, and then Miles goes. Now it's a party. 
It's like always a party <laughs> when guns are being shot. After a weirdly long pause, do you think that was an editing thing? I I don't know. I didn't notice the pause. Yeah, it was like quite like quite a while before he said, "Now it's a party." And it's like you know when a gun goes off, you know right away. You don't have to like notice it later. <laughs> you know right away that it's a party. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's like a starter gun for parties, as we all know. <laughs> Uh, well i'm sure he had to let the ringing in his ear die down before he could say anything without shouting yes yes but uh yeah so claire and uh uh lionel don't seem very impressed with him they're like oh god like you mentioned they're just kind of like walking through the pool yeah they're gonna take have a side conversation which blanc notices and that's what he's looking at when he's not looking at uh duke's piece that is quite a piece Never without it. Mm. So I see. <laughs> you never know when shit's gonna go down. Right. Quite an impressive piece he's got there. <laughs> I just like, so we saw in the last minute that that Blanc, his swimsuit, like you mentioned, like a blue and white striped short sleeve shirt and pants, like an old swimsuit with the ascot. It still wasn't 100% clear that he was going to just wear that whole thing in the pool. <laughs> It was clear did. to me, but yeah, <laughs> okay. he wears it all the way in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's good for not getting sunburned. Yeah. I mean, it's it should be normalized, ladies and gentlemen. Were those more popular before sunscreen was invented? Like now there's like rashies and stuff, but like, do you think maybe that was part of it or is it just modesty? I, hmm. I imagine that it was modesty with the bonus of not burning. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no, nothing wrong we with that. Pretty prudish back then. That's right. Yeah. We wouldn't fully tattoo our body and then wear a speedo and then shoot a gun in the air exactly Not Blanc is an old-fashioned man that's right you think he's drinking in an old-fashioned he's not i i did not identify what he was drinking but i just started getting an old-fashioned so i was i know that it's not an old-fashioned <laughs> i think he's just putting the kombucha on ice oh man that's even better because <laughs> you don't want to drink out of a plastic bottle that jared leto probably spit in right yeah, <laughs> it's actually pretty good once you get past the is that the mother of the kombucha or is that a loogie? I don't, I don't know. I kind of just made myself feel sick. So, yeah, I'm not hungry anymore now. <laughs> um, OK, we, we also got Miles and Whiskey interacting. Right. So Birdie looks over and spots them. Uh, but which is which is interesting. We get uh, we've not seen them really interact and uh, like. They seem close, a little but, too close. Uh, and Miles is like playing guitar, I think, but he's not actually. There's no sound. I don't think he's like really playing a song right now. But do, do you have in the script what Miles and Whiskey say to each other there? Because it's very inaudible in the mix. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're they're like, give me a sip off of that. I'm hot for both. Call me off. Give me a sip of that. I'm hot That's... for both. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And whiskey says that's so hot. Like, is that flirting? Is this how is this how rich people flirt? Yeah. I think it's you know, the the intention of what they're saying is clear. So it doesn't really matter if their words maybe don't make any sense. Right. Yeah. But but before that, we get the the strange occurrence of Bertie's assistant Peg coming up and like insisting that Bertie tell Miles something. We don't know. But for some reason, uh, Peg has a switchblade 
and starts waving it around. <laughs> and it's like, what is what is happening? Bertie, you have to tell him. You gotta tell him. Listen to me. I'm serious. You gotta. I will. You just. I will. You gotta. You just gotta go beg. Okay. Oh God. When he goes to his room, just follow him and then just do it. I will take care of him. Don't worry. And I noted that it's not in the script that she pulls out a switchblade <laughs> and starts waving it around. So I'm wondering where in the process that Ryan Johnson was just like, she needs to be more threatening. Like, like uh, I don't know if it's a red herring or not, but like, yeah. The, she needs to start talking about you have to tell him and then Bertie's like I will take care of him right she says just follow him and then do it and she's waving around this knife but they're talking yeah. about talking to him well. but some of their lines if you just take a line out of context with the the motions with the knife you're like are they planning to murder him yeah it's it's totally supposed to give you that danger and and also, like, have another weapon on the scene so you're not only focused on the gun anymore. Maybe. Chekhov's knife. Yeah. Oh. Uh, his, but she's, like, swinging. It like, even makes, like, a sound, like, what she's doing. <laughs> it's kind of a little silly. I, that is something I do not remember noticing when I saw it in, uh, <laughs> the first time. But, yeah, it's, it's weird because it's, it's one of those things, like, they are just talking about talking about it, but they only say that once, and then the rest of the things could be confused with, Murder. When he so goes I to his room, just follow him and then do it. I will take care of him. Don't worry. Right. So, so I think it's like if you're watching it, you could misunderstand that and be like, "Oh, something's going on there." You know, like have another another uh, iron in the fire or something like right. that. Another theory bubbling. Another clue. Clue. Mm-hmm. A clue. Clue. A clue. Clue. <laughs> Peg in the hallway with the switchblade. Right. Yeah. Um. Or Duke anywhere with his gun. <laughs> At the pool. Under the water. Lionel with his science. <laughs> He's too sexy to be a scientist. <laughs> it's a shame that's the only uh it, that's the only interaction we get with him in this in this in our five minutes. Yeah, I I think he says uh something at Duke but, like really I can't because I, you know, without him really being in the episode, I can't really draw, you know, drop things like I got to see him in Hamilton on Broadway. <laughs> I just wish he was in it more for that. That's him. Yeah, he's uh, he's uh, 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 Aaron Burr. That's so cool. What else do we have in this minute? Anything at all? This is your last chance to talk about Glass Onion Knives Out on a podcast about that movie. <laughs> I I like the the shot that this that this minute ends on i like the 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 pull in to birdie as she's about to give this like like heartfelt speech which we've not gotten in this movie yet like we've not gotten monologues mm. and and it's really cool to like just have a random backstory monologue here at poolside you know right after a gun went off and somebody was threatening somebody else with a knife to just stop the movie to let Kate Hudson have a monologue is just, it's, it's really cool. There was a time, you know, back when I was the one on magazines. He was nobody. Couldn't believe you. The shot composition, too, is really nice because of her orange outfit, then her, her big blue, hat. Yeah, orange hat, and then like those blue glasses, like just has a nice look to it. Well designed. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you know what it is today? It's Friday. It's Friday. It's spoiler Friday. Oh, 
where we're allowed to talk about the film more generally. This is a spoiler warning if you don't want to hear what happens in the movie Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery by Ryan Johnson. You just got to turn it off and I'm just going to say goodbye to you. Goodbye. And then, to you. To you. <laughs> and now, now we're going to spoiler. So this is your warning. Three, two, one. Spoil away. Yes. What a movie. And what the, a movie. Like everything that happens in this five minutes is a red herring. Like mm. we can just still talk about this five minutes and just what happens in each one of these minutes. And each one is like, you know, who who invited Benoit Blanc? It's a mystery. Like, no, no, he was like he was brought here on purpose. Like like every minute is something else that is just like, oh, this is going to be a big deal. And, you know, ah, a clue. And then it's like, well, kind of. But <laughs> yeah. It's all important, but it's not important in the way that they're revealing it. Yeah, like in, like in this, like Miles and Blanc's entire discussion is just Blanc playing dumb and acting. So it's yeah. it's Daniel Craig acting as Benoit Blanc, acting like he doesn't know how he got invited. Right, and and, and I think this is kind of new because in the first one, uh, the main character couldn't lie because she's throwing up but also he was just the investigator he had no reason to lie about anything he right. wasn't telling everything but he wasn't like doing this and so i think that's why you're not expecting him to be deceptive in this film exactly right yeah. off the bat because he doesn't play that role in the other one and 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 like i was saying uh, a couple days ago like the the idea of like playing with what a a, a benoit blank mystery is like in in the first one we know how the murder you know the the death happened and everything and it's and and it's all about watching blanc catch up but in this one we're just as lost as we're we're lost as an audience when blanc knows the mystery and he hasn't let us in on what he knows mm. and then instead of starting with how everything happened halfway through the movie starts over again and we get the backstory of why he's actually there. And it's just, it's it's so fun to play with the mystery tropes and then be able to play with them again in the next movie. It's just fun. Yeah. In the first half of this movie, you're wondering who's going to get murdered. And someone else does die, but that's not, there's no plan about that. So that was really, there was no way to really predict that. But the, the real murders already happened before the movie started. So. It's like that thing, getting you to ask the wrong question so that everything you look for is wrongly interpreted. Yeah. But like the information about... The, the other thing is he's not seeming to do an investigation because you don't think there's been a murder yet. But when he's hearing Benoit Blanc, when he's hearing information like the the car almost pancaking the... Um, motorcycle mm -hmm. i keep saying pancake because <laughs> i don't know but no because he does yeah but he doesn't react to that he doesn't like ask a follow-up or anything like he was investigating yeah he's he obviously being manipulated like the camera manipulated us like he yeah. knows better than that so so he like hears it and goes oh that's an important detail but he doesn't ask it's like he's doing an investigation with like the other one. He was the detective. So, you know, every time he's talking to someone, he's getting information. This one, he's getting information, but he's not telling you that he's looking for information. Exactly. 
And then eventually he does, but you still think it's like to figure out if someone's trying to plan a murder right now. And that's, mm -hmm. but that's not really what he's doing either. That's just what you think because of what he told uh, uh, Miles already. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. This whole movie's a ride. Mm -hmm. um, and the whole Mona Lisa thing, like just, I just want to be able to talk about the shot while they're talking about the Mona Lisa and it cuts to Janelle Monet and she's doing it. Like she's making the Mona Lisa face somehow. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah. While they're talking about the Mona Lisa and you can't ever tell she's smiling or not. Like yeah. it cuts to her. And at the time we think it's Andy, but right. then, you know, you know, it's the sister and it's like, and she's just standing there like smiling, but not smiling. And it's just, it's how you can how you can tell an actress to do that and that they can pull it off is just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite part of the movie. Yeah. It's just, she does just an amazing her. job. Yeah. It's her in general throughout the whole mm -hmm. thing and her being able to play two different characters. And again, like we've got Blanc acting like he doesn't know what's happening. We've got Andy. We've got the sister acting like, um, like Andy. Like Andy, there's a lot of people acting like they don't know what's going on. Yeah. For the first half of the movie. Yeah. That, those layers really make it. I don't know. It just feels the like what? everybody. The, the layers of, of those of performances. The, the layers of the what? Of the, oh, the onion. The onion. It's made of glass. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, the, those, that really like adds a lot to um, to what you're watching. And it just seems like it's like it's not like a fun movie and that like everybody's like a silly fun movie which i think it kind of feared for the first one it's like mm -hmm. it's a real movie with real stakes but it the movie ends up being just so delightful to watch i i i showed it to my friend while i was doing the research you know rewatching the movie uh for this podcast and like by the end she was cheering like just like eat it miles like <laughs> burn the mona lisa like things you never thought you'd you'd be yelling in a movie but. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's fun to see idiots get just desserts. And yeah. I like that we pointed out every minute how he does something dumb. Did you notice the dumb stuff the first time you watched it? I I noticed the the words being not right, but yeah. I just assumed I didn't think that it would be a clue. I thought that it was just you know, he's just a rich, smart person who thinks that he's smarter than he is. That yeah. he's a rocket scientist or whatever, and he's just a, just a rich person. But I didn't think that it was going to be like, you know, it's not some master plan. He just got really lucky because he's just stupid. No, he's just stupid. It's it's brilliant. I love when the twist is something you don't expect. I loved in Tenet when the twist ended up being that the guy that you don't know, really know what his relationship is with the guy turns out secretly they're best friends. Yes. <laughs> I like that. You never expect that to be the twist. Right. Turns out they have a great <laughs> friendship and they just love each other a lot. <laughs> just, you don't know that because you started from the wrong character. Yeah. Um, well, what about, what about where people can find you on the internet? Well, they can find me at viscomps.com, uh, V-I-S-C-O-M-P-S dot C-O-M, to be very clear. And uh, 
there's where I will be posting all of my research and findings on the changes between movies like the Star Wars Special Editions or the Blade Runner Final Cut or the Star Trek The Motion Picture The Director's Edition and, and all that kind of stuff where, where they like tweak your the effects and you don't really notice it or you really notice it because they added a dinosaur walking in front of the camera. <laughs> But yeah, that that's it. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, what about you? you can find- where can oh. people find you? Well, wow, where can't you find me? Uh, most places, actually. Uh, the, you, the way you can find me, though, is Calvin and Hobbes cast or The Off Five. The Off Five is one where we do the episodes of The Office. It's kind of on hiatus, but we got four whole seasons for you. So uh, if you like The Office, maybe you'll like that. Um, yeah, thanks so much for joining me, Drew, on this wild five minutes of glass onion and knives out mystery it's been fun it was fun and audience thank you also for joining us we always tell you to come back tomorrow but you don't have to it's someone else's no i'm just kidding you should come back <laughs> listen to whoever that is and uh and drew you should come back and do the third uh benoit you know the benoit trilogy conclusion i next, will next decade or <laughs> whenever it comes out <laughs> everybody we did it shake hands and goodbye we're gonna foil we're gonna foil oh you remembered (laughs) (laughs) very nice